0: Welcome to everything EOS. I'm Zach Gall, an ICO data analyst at ICO Alert, the trusted ICO discovery platform. Visit icoalert.com, the most complete calendar of all active and upcoming ICOs to discover the latest projects and opportunities like EOS IO. And I'm here today with the founder of ICO Alert
1: and CEO of Block Producer, Cypherglass, Rob Finch. Thank you all so much for joining us for yet another episode of Everything EOS. We're here every week, and we sincerely appreciate all the feedback and comments that we continue to get about the show. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, please let us know by uh, liking, subscribing, or following the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening.
0: On today's podcast, we will be detailing the latest news and announcements around the I.O., including hackathon news, some upcoming airdrops, current market sentiment, and Dan's proposal for EOS resource renting and rent distribution, and more.
1: Before we get started, I do need to mention that this is not a sponsored podcast. Zach Gall and I are just two excited members of the EOS community who, as a matter of disclosure, do hold EOS tokens ourselves. Uh, In addition, please do not take this podcast as legal professional financial tax or any other kind of advice. We're just two people talking about EOS and you should always do your own research before making any decisions.
0: All right, so this has been a big week for EOS and the crypto market as a whole. I'm sure yeah. everyone's been checking their block fully. I've been real excited this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's, that's uh, a
0: big elephant in the room. Uh, some people, I, I, I've gotten a lot of calls this week. What's going on with EOS? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the whole market. Um, so this all started with the, the Bitcoin ETF delay, I think. Yep. And I don't know if that's the only cause, but that was kind of... What started the, the downfall here? First, Bit, well, Bitcoin and alts yeah, and at, for at the same time. People who
1: don't know an ETF is an exchange traded fund. It's basically a, a fund that holds assets, usually stocks, commodities, or bonds, but in this case would be holding Bitcoin, waiting on it to get approved by the United States SEC um, so that people can you know add Bitcoin to their retirement portfolios, their 401k, stuff like that. So there was an ETF that was declined couple months ago an etf declined a year ago now this etf decision has just been delayed so we'll know in september whether or not it gets approved
0: and the funny thing to me about the etf and i know this is kind of not exactly eos news but it does affect eos yeah um was the fact that it got delayed was not unexpected now a, a lot of people were predicting that it was going to get delayed multiple times and we wouldn't even have like a decision until next early next year right so the, the, the market sentiment, it, it changes on a dime. It's crazy. When when Bitcoin went up 40% in like two weeks, uh, not too long ago, everyone thought that was completely normal. Yeah. <laughs> but then whenever it corrects
1: down <laughs> 20, 30%, oh my God, every, everything's broken. Yeah, it's all dead. The, the main thing I tell people, I get the same kind of calls from like friends and like my dad who, who bought some meals like, oh, what's going on? Did something happen? Did the US get hacked? Blah, blah, blah. But You just have to ask yourself when things like this happen in the market, did the fundamentals change or is this just a market uh, cycle? You know, right now we're in a bear market. These things happen. The price is going to go down occasionally. Maybe it'll go up and we'll eventually break out of this market cycle. But as long as the fundamentals of EOS haven't actually changed, and I would argue, like I was talking with somebody in the EOS price chat telegram, um, they were saying, you know, they would argue that the fundamentals have actually improved for EOS over the last couple months. And I would agree as well. Um, as we've seen the mainnet launch, and seen these new proposals get put into place, seen the RAM market issues start to be addressed. So, as long as the fundamentals are still there, I think
0: you're still good. I, I actually kind of enjoy the bear market a little bit because it's hilarious going through the US
1: price channel and seeing everyone calling you out because of your bet. I know. <laughs> where's that thousand dollar US guy now? I know. There are so many people that think I'm like offing myself or like depressed or something. But honestly, I'm fine. Like this is a normal thing. I've been in crypto since 2013. I've seen. Crazy bear markets. I've seen crazy bull markets like we had last year. Um, I'm fine. I appreciate the the sentiment. I appreciate the kind words, whether they were sarcastic or not. Everybody checking in on me. I'm I'm doing just fine. So thank you very much. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I still think as bullish as I am on ES, I, I you're going to get destroyed on the bet. I just want to put that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, I I do think there's a possibility we hit a new all time high. I don't. If if we're making progress on the technology, Dan, we're going to talk about Dan's proposal for the renting model. I I, I think. Great things are happening. Great tech is being oh, yeah. built right now, uh, not just on EOS, but everywhere. So, so many cool things are being built, being released. Uh, we're so much further along than
1: we were at this point last year that th- there's a lot of good things ahead. Yeah, and I think in addition to that, we've also seen the, the recent announcement by the New York Stock Exchange, slash ICE, um, that they're coming out with a platform called BAKT. BAKT, sort of like uh, a backed security, but spelled B-A-K-K-T, BAKT. Um, It's going to be interesting. So guarantee that I'd be happy. What it will basically allow people to do for the first time is allow institutions not only a way to trade Bitcoin and sort of add Bitcoin to their portfolio alongside other stocks and bonds that they may own, um, but also a way to custody it. So that's been really the main thing keeping institutions from diving into crypto is a, a secure custody solution that complies with their investor agreements. You know, all these people can't their own stocks and bonds they really have to go out and have somebody custody them for them and it's the same thing with crypto Um, but obviously with crypto with these digital assets there's a much higher risk when you sort of trust somebody else to hold your assets for you but back should solve a lot of those issues and hopefully bring a a new influx of institutional capital into the space so I think later this year it's gonna be a much different market as well
0: yeah and that's another reason to be positive about this because like I said before the delay in the ETF decision on the CBOE uh, ETF it wasn't unexpected um and and actually the delay is good because it means they're doing due diligence they'd have just outright denied it if it it wasn't
1: like being heavily
0: like researched
1: and and really thoroughly thought out and i have a feeling that so in addition to being able to buy and trade bitcoin on this platform you'll also be able to buy things like derivatives and etfs and, and all that good stuff so i have a feeling that they may delay the cboe etf again this is just pure speculation but until the backed platform launches and then have the first bitcoin etf on backed i think from a regulatory standpoint the sec would like that more um but who knows we could also see it approved next month it could go either way
0: yeah and in- i think as soon as it does get approved whether it be next month two months from now next year once that happens it's game on we've we've talked about this on a few episodes but all it takes to get back or we didn't actually hit it but to get over that hump of like the trillion dollar total market cap it's going to only take a tiny fraction of a percent of pensions 401ks getting into crypto It, it could honestly be less than a tenth of a percent but the the Total money involved in these type of funds is just more than you could ever imagine. And oh, it d- yeah. It trillions take, and trillions of dollars. Yeah. And that that's kind of what everyone's expecting, whether it's this year, next year, the year after, it, it's going to happen. Yeah. It, it's, it's just a matter of when.
1: Speaking of cool stuff coming out, we obviously just saw the recent hackathon. So for those of you that aren't familiar, Block1 is putting on these global EOSIO hackathons where they bring a bunch of the brightest minds together, people, you know, sort of form teams and they do this hackathon over the course of I believe a day and a half or two days. Um, the winner from each of those events gets hundred grand and then also gets to move on to the grand finals where they can win, I believe something like a million or a million and a half dollars, um, which will be at the end of this year in December. But it, it was cool. I think we're starting to see a pattern. This is something that you mentioned to me before the podcast, Gall, um, where at each one of these events, we've actually seen block one make some kind of an announcement. And so far, you know, our first announcement was that new tool, uh, Demux, that they actually previewed at the first Hong Kong hackathon that, you know, allows people to Um, more easily interface and and sort of query the databases in their applications it's it's pretty cool if you're a developer from a developer standpoint Um, what we saw at the most recent hackathon in sydney australia was actually a dap announcement so a project called haven with two v's h-a-v-v-e-n announced that it will port uh, to eos and actually airdrop tokens on the eos platform to the eos mainnet so what haven basically is um is it's sort of a payment protocol in a way. It's almost like a payment platform, but the big part of it is their stablecoin. So a lot of you are familiar with Tether, USDT. Uh, it's a stablecoin, basically a cryptocurrency that represents, you know, the value of a US dollar. So one USDT equals one uh, USD, a normal US dollar. And Haven is very similar with something called NUSD, uh, N as in Nancy. Um, but in addition to running on Ethereum, where they currently exist now, they're going to also launch on EOS and sort of have this cross blockchain. Uh, platform, which should be pretty interesting and enable some cool uh, dApps to be built, things like, you know, decentralized exchanges that want USD pairs, all that good kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and they, they did promise an airdrop with that, and I'm, I'm kind of unclear on what that's going to mean, because if, it, if it's a stable coin that means every one token is $1. So <laughs> if they're going to airdrop it, it's like you're, they're just throwing like money to everybody. I
1: saw something that I think they're airdropping their Haven tokens, not the NUSD. So like the NUSD is a stable coin which is kind of the back end and powers their payment platform. But I think you also need the Haven token in some way to interact with it or do something. It's I'm not 100% clear on how it works, but I believe the Haven token will be dropping, not the actual stablecoin. That'd be kind of crazy. Uh,
0: and as far as announcements, so there was another big announcement at the hackathon. ESVC unveiled a $1 million hackathon pitch launch seed funding initiative and what that is is it's um, a seed funding initiative where the program allows teams from the global hackathons to pitch their dap ideas to VC companies like SVK crypto who yeah. we had on the show a few weeks ago um, and they're getting an opportunity to receive an additional fifty thousand dollars of investment to launch their ideas so it's not just the winners of these hackathons it's it's five teams from each hackathon so I'm, I'm not sure if it's the top five teams, if they're selected by other criteria, but that's uh, four hackathons that are planned so far. Yeah. So that's 20 different groups of developers who are getting an opportunity to get put in front of the EOS VC funds, which so far, how much? they haven't even allocated the full billion yet. No, I think it's 725 million has been allocated and the rest will come in the future. So basically there's a, at least $700 million of funds just, just waiting to, to to be invested into the, the most Groundbreaking application ideas, um, projects that traditionally, if if they launched in 2017, m- may have tried to raise an ICO round. Uh, now, now they're going the different route, which which we're gonna see more more projects come out like this, where they're gonna get initial seed funding from an ESVC fund, maybe a, a VC fund outside of that. I know. Okay, Blockchain Capital, um, who I think aren't they owned by
1: OKX? Yeah, owned by OKX exchange, and actually, it's not even a Block One USVC partnership. They just have their own hundred million dollar yeah. ES fund to fund DAP. So yeah, so th- there's there's
0: all these private investment opportunities, and it, it's it's a huge opportunity for these five teams from each hackathon to be able to get in front of them. So th- so think like Shark Tank. Yeah, basically, but DAP style. <laughs> and how how cool would that be if someone? From one of these funds, if they want to invest in the production, actually turn into like a web show or something. Oh, definitely.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, let's pitch that. If anyone's listening and wants to fund this, <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe with the, the production that we've seen come out of the hackathons of like you yeah. know showing the award ceremony and then had like this five-minute clip, they may actually already be filming these and they may do something like that. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I, I watched the
0: the most of the hour-long hackathon uh, award ceremony, where all of the teams got to. I think they got five or six minutes to pitch pitch their ideas and their projects that they built over the weekend. I would really like to see the next version of this, which is going to be, you're going to have all these
1: ESVCs yeah. and they're going to be the sharks. Well, yeah, it's a it, cool idea. I mean, if you think about it from a macro level too, sort of the, this global broad scale, you know, there's this billion dollar DAP fund that Block One has, but in order to allocate that, they have to find good projects. So what they did, they went out and they found all these VCs, but now they still have to find the right developers. So I think thinking about these hackathons is not just a way to bring exposure to EOS, but also to get all the best devs in one place to then fund their projects. It makes a lot more sense now with this million dollar fund um, or seed funding initiative as well, where bringing all the best projects here, they can all pitch to the VCs, and then the VCs can do a little less work in finding these devs.
0: So on top of that, you're you're bringing in the, the best minds into one room too, as far as the developer teams. Like maybe this project's not a great idea worth funding and taking to the next level, but maybe on a talent level, your team is just so talented that maybe Block
1: One will hire you yeah. <laughs> to move to Blacksburg. Oh, um, absolutely. So, the next hackathon is actually coming up. It's in London on September 22nd and 23rd. Uh, and we got a recent announcement from EOS themselves. Uh, big the, announcement. Yeah, very big announcement. So, so far, neither Dan nor Brendan Dan is the CTO, sort of the brains behind this. Brendan Bloomer is the CEO of Block One. Neither of them have been at these hackathons yet. Um, they announced a couple days ago that, hey, Dan Larimer is going to be there. First time he's making an appearance, CEO block one, or CTO block one. Then the following day, I think like 12 hours later, they also announced that Brendan Bloomer is going to be there as well. So if you think about these hackathons as having this history now of making announcements, you know, we had Demux, that first developer tool at Hong Kong. Now we had the Haven announcement um, just recently in Sydney. I think London's going to be something pretty big when both Dan and Brendan are there. Uh, what do you think this could be? What do you think they're going to so announce?
0: I, I think Dan being there is, is the bigger like m- more intriguing piece for me because Brendan's been to different events. He might not have been at the first two hackathons, but he's been at the meetups some right. of the bigger ones. He, he's, he's been on live streams making big announcements. Yep. So Brendan being there, even though he's the CEO, I think of a deal is Dan being there. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I kind of was speculating Dan might be on probation or something since <laughs> <laughs> he's never left the country yeah. for, for anything EOS related. I think they locked him in his office and were like, you
1: have to build this now. <laughs> we have a deadline.
0: But – but they they've done like videos of him they've put a yeah. like a pre-recorded message of Dan thanking the crowd and and talking about different things to like at, show
1: he's still alive
0: yeah but he's never actually been there and the fact that he's going to be there as a as a judge actually him yeah. and Brendan are both going to be judges and that's what they're being announced for at least so far is is big and i i think the other piece to it is the mentorship aspect so um in the official press release that Block 1 put out about the hackathon results in Sydney uh, one of the team members was quoted saying that they thought the most valuable piece of it was the mentorship provided to them by by the block one team um, so so basically, the smartest guy in the room yeah. is going to be Dan Larimer and he's going to be the one
1: guiding these projects and giving them ideas on, on which, which, which way to take take their idea. Yeah, so I think we could see some cool uh, sort of hackathon concepts and ideas come out of this because Dan and Brendan are there as these mentors. Not to say the last mentors haven't been good because they've been great people like Larry Sanger, the co-founder of Wikipedia who now runs Everpedia, Sam Kasmanian from the same team. Um, but I think this is going to be awesome and to speculate a little bit on what Block 1 might announce if they do make an announcement, I think it could be a lot of different things i know you were talking earlier i think it's going to be their first dap yeah we know
0: like they've been hiring developers way before the mainnet started and they were probably starting their application built for their dap builds before the mainnet launched like we can only assume and everyone's wondering when the first big dap's going to come out and i I think the first killer dap's going to be built by block one yeah and I'll, I'll even go back to to a soundbite. We've, we've this is probably the third or fourth time we've played this on the show, but right. let, let's roll the soundbite of Dan talking at Virginia Tech about Block One's next next step after the mainnet launch.
1: Uh, we build vertical applications. Uh, on top of that, we'll be building a social media platform on top of blockchain. You have to create a system that's so viral in its own right that people will adopt it without uh, without being forced to adopt it. You create a new system and you move to the new system. So you create a social media platform that everyone wants to be a part of and it can govern itself so well that uh, people want to use the social media governance for more things. And it just creeps into use naturally versus saying, hey, let's tear down the old and replace it with the new. You, you have to organically create something that can live within the current environment and make the older uh, techniques uh, redundant and eventually unnecessary.
0: So I think and everyone's talking about when steam 2.0 it's, it's going to be much better and bigger than steam, but I I hope we, if it's not a a release, I hope it's an announcement. Mm -hmm. Um, and the the other thing
1: it could be is the roadmap. I was just going to say, if the roadmap hasn't been announced by September 22nd, I think a hundred percent chance it's the roadmap. They've been teasing it for a while saying it's quote imminent. So I honestly think that that will be before September 22nd. That's almost two months away still. Um, or I guess five or six weeks. Um, but I also think it could be something more on the developer side. Maybe it's a preview of sidechains. Maybe it's a preview of the multi-threading version of EOS. Maybe something like that that they'll task them with. Like, hey, build a dApp that utilizes a sidechain. Or, hey, build a dApp that you know, utilizes multi-threading in some way that needs you know the throughput of that many transactions. But I'm with you. I hope that the roadmap comes out before September, and then I hope that they announce some kind of a dApp, preferably their social media dApp.
0: But I don't know how they could release the roadmap without giving away the the. The dap announcement in the roadmap right so I, I think it kind of has, has to come all at once maybe maybe unless they say I, I want
1: the roadmap sooner yeah so I would prefer I'm the roadmap this month please guys being if, <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> I mean they've been teasing the roadmap now for several weeks Brendan Bloomer has saying mm-hmm. it's imminent generally when they say imminent it's it's released within 24 hours but obviously it's been a couple of weeks now um, but it'll be very very interesting to see what happens I, I'm, I'm excited either way just to see the projects but I like this pattern of them making some kind of announcement and not really categorizing it either maybe it'll be developer maybe it'll be more funding a new fund launching to allocate that other couple hundred million we'll see but it should be an exciting time and uh, I should be there in London as well um, we're gonna look at getting you there as well Gall. but
0: We'll see about that. Yeah, for
1: sure. I will definitely be there in London, and so will our community manager at Cypher Glass, Adriana. So if you guys are in London, September 22nd and 23rd, let me know. Let's meet up, uh, chat at the hackathon. We can, you know, sport our new EOS swag.
0: Should be pretty cool. <laughs> I, I think while we're on speculation, given that this is a, a slow market week, slow news week, um, we both liked and retweeted the same tweet. I, I don't yeah. know where this user came from. I don't know who they are but I, I love speculating on what the future brings. So there, there was um, a user on Twitter, their, their handle is Maple Leaf Cap. It stands for Maple Leaf Capital. Uh, I didn't see a website on there, but they, they made some really bold predictions on yeah. what's gonna happen in the next year with, with ESIO. And I'll, I'll just walk through th- their speculation. I'll just read the first one. So th- their first prediction was that block one, Will announce at least three ground shaking DAP ideas. Two of which target the existing for profit platforms in the billions of USD equity market cap today, and others with an ecosystem that can't possibly exist today with blockchain sla- without. Blockchain
1: or EOS enabled tech. Yeah, to clarify, these are all predictions that they say will happen or that they're predicting will happen by EOS's first birthday, so June 9th, 2019.
0: So, as far as this one, like, yes, I, I think that they'll have at least two or three DAP ideas. I think we'll either see it on the roadmap yep. or-, or we'll just see announcements, hopefully, the first one in the next month. But I, I think that's very reasonable. Dan-, Dan has stated as much as saying that that's Block One's next school. They have they have 10% of the total token allocations and computational resources on the network so
1: it only makes sense for them to use those resources oh absolutely i mean from the beginning they basically said that block 1 is going to be one of if not the biggest dapp developers on eos in general so when they start building and launching these dapps on the mainnet it's going to get it's going to get real crazy mm-hmm. so i totally agree with that i think the two that they may target in the existing for-profit platforms is basically them saying, Hey, you know, the social media one targeting Facebook, Twitter, those people, maybe we'll see a centralized Uber or something else. Maybe it'll be just a blogging platform separate from the social media thing. We'll see. And then I like the the third concept of it being something totally new that couldn't exist without a U.S.
0: I think... I always hear about the decentralized Uber. We've talked about it on the show before. I've seen ICO projects trying to be that decentralized Uber. I think that's going to be a very difficult use case to actually put into action just because of the regulational hurdles, how, how every city has its own regulations. Like For example, um, New York City actually just... Uh, put a freeze on new Uber and Lyft drivers because it, it's like kind of messing with uh, their taxi
1: medallions. So, like, New York has different regulations than Pittsburgh, for instance. I think and, the only reason, though, that they were able to freeze that is because it's a centralized system. Like, they can go directly after Uber and say, hey, we're going to fine you. We're going to do this if you don't stop issuing new Uber and Lyft drivers, you know, mm-hmm. the credentials for them to go drive. But when you have it decentralized, I mean, how can they really stop it? So you're saying, like, you could shut down
0: Uber because you cut the head off the snake. You oh, can exactly. You them with all kinds of fines. Yeah. But if it's a decentralized, like a Dow running it. Yeah, there's you, no you way to punish. stop
1: it. I mean, are you going to go to people getting in cars on the street and say, hey, are you getting in a Duber? Or no, you're just going to assume it's just somebody getting into the car. That's so true. I think it's going to be very, very hard to stop. And we're going to see more and more of that, whether it's a Duber or... You know, some new security token trading platform that just can't be stopped because the regulatory body doesn't have a central entity to go after.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- their second um, prediction is: Block one attracts at least two follow-on rounds of investment from the following: SoftBank, KPCB, Sequoia, Social Capital, Tencent, Alibaba, Google,
1: and/or Facebook. That sounds reasonable to me. I mean, if you think about the recent investments into Block One directly, not necessarily into EOS, although I bet these guys all hold EOS tokens um, with Peter Thiel. And uh, we also saw Tomorrow BC, which is sort of associated with Eric Schmidt from Google. That was several months ago. Um, but the recent announcement from Peter Thiel. Block 1 themselves and, you know, the EOS platform are really attracting a lot of the top investment minds in the world, and that's not going to go unnoticed. I think people at these major investment companies, you know, Alibaba, Google, Facebook, Tencent, all these people have investment arms to, you know, make investments into new tech products. They're all tech companies. Um, But when you think about that, I mean, they're seeing this announcement that Peter Thiel's investing in Block 1. If they didn't already know about it before, now they do. Now they're looking into EOS. So I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that they're going to take on more strategic funding rounds, not just for the money because they certainly don't need the money, um, but more for the minds and the connections that they get out of those investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if
0: it'll be two. maybe might be one. But... We're going to see more big names, whether it's the company themselves, because technically Google definitely didn't invest in Block One. But the fact that Eric Schmidt's personal VC fund and he sat on the board of of Alphabet for for as long as he has, it's not Google themselves, but it's the man that was behind Google for a very
1: long time. Right. It's still I mean, he he still has some of his capital invested into now that EOS VC partnership with Block Mm -hmm. One, that I think 50 or 100 million dollar partnership. All right. Then
0: the, the, the third thing they mentioned, and once again, this is all just speculation. Ten other VC partnerships are founded alongside the existing with five billion dollars of funding committed from various parties across the Silicon Valley, Valley and finance industry that's pretty reasonable i mean we keep seeing more vc crypto vc funds popping up i I don't think this one's abnormal this one One, could be probably said about a lot of other projects also
1: there was a lot of speculation in the early days you know after that initial billion dollar dap fund from block one came out would be that they would actually also be their own biggest vc and launch another separate billion dollar dap fund that's just their money that they're allocating they kind of did it already with that 200 million dollar eos global partnership which is technically them um but we'll see, maybe they'll put up more money. Maybe they'll get people like Google and Facebook and all these people to put up money. Well, but that, That's
0: the thing about VCs. So we have a billion dollar DAP fund currently and, and that's already in existence. Ha- it hasn't really deployed a whole lot of capital yet. But the whole point of a VC is to make more money. Yeah. So you start with a billion dollars and if you're successful, you'll make at least a billion or potentially more money. Yeah. And it, it's just gonna keep growing and growing and growing into this monster. Oh, absolutely. It, it, Well, and every
1: project doesn't even have to succeed. Absolutely. And Block One being the biggest beneficiary of all that, since they have their hands in all these different VC partnership pots, they're going to then have so much more money to reinvest in the ecosystem to hire the best talent like they're already doing. So it's going to be pretty crazy. The the fourth speculation.
0: We will see our Netscape moment with one or more DAP delivering an ecosystem beyond current imagination and create social and economic value far better than the existing shareholder-enabled ecosystem the DAP attracts $1 billion USD and, and e- an ecosystem market cap. So I don't, I don't know how accurate this one will be. Um, I think we have one like major killer DAP. Um, going back to the soundbite we played of what Dan said of how to get mass adoption, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I, I, th- I think the time frame on, on this prediction is a little too soon. I don't think we're going to have a Netscape moment in the next year. I
1: don't know. I mean, I think if you look, I think it's possible if you look at that first prediction of the three different dApps that Block One builds, because if two of those are targeting existing massive companies like Facebook, if they can pull off at a decentralized social media platform that's easy to use, feels just like you're using a normal one, but has some kind of a token incentive where you get paid for watching ads or, um, you know, you get a bunch of real money when your tweet gets retweeted a bunch and goes viral versus just a bunch of fake retweets, um, or I guess, you know, a retweet counter that doesn't actually give you anything. So I think it's possible, but if it happens, I think it will be one of Block one d- One's dApps rather than something else that comes from a, a third mm-hmm. party. And as far as uh, um,
0: the the three killer dApps or whatever the first prediction was, I, I, s- I still think Block One's working on some crazy identity solution. Yeah. Because Dan Dan's hinted that he wants to he's working on a solution to solve uh, decentralized identity without the need for government ID. Yeah. So it'd probably be some sort of biometric type um
1: identification I mean, it makes perfect sense with the, the mobile wallet so they released the preview of their mac wallet in basically alpha stage like meaning you shouldn't store any real tokens on it only use it on a test net but basically using the touch id on your macbook if you have a, a newer macbook pro to sort of secure the hardware wallet using the secure enclave chip in your mac same thing exists in your iphone if you have an iphone that's uh, newer than six or seven years old since touch id was implemented so if you already have a wallet on your iPhone using the hardware wallet part of your iPhone, the Secure Enclave, that you unlock with your fingerprint or your face, that's your biometric ID right there. Only only you have that fingerprint. Only you have that face. So... I think they may tie it in with their mobile wallet in some way. And if they do, I think it opens up an opportunity for a ton of other innovation on the existing parts of the EOS chain, like governance. So oh, rather yeah. than you know voting for block producers being based on the amount of tokens you have, it could be based then on that biometric ID since you can't go out and make a bunch of new fingerprints. You know, Unless mm-hmm. you're stealing people's identities, you then have one vote, and it would become a much more democratized, fair voting system than the one that we have today that is unfortunately still a little controlled by whales.
0: And at, at that point, I think there will be different types of voting so some some type of decisions might be based on one token one vote right some decisions might be based on one person one vote yeah and there, there could be different models just like the the recent referendum it aren't aren't there um wasn't there a recent referendum was it passed where Token holders kind of vote on constitutional amendments instead of the block producers?
1: So the constitutional referendum will happen soon, which will require token holders to vote. Um, So it should be actually in the next month, I think, um, is when that referendum part should be ready. Where And one of the block producers is building this. I forget specifically who, but they're doing a good job, which will allow token holders to vote on the specific constitutional amendments. So if you like you know, Constitutional Amendments 1, 3, 5, 7, 8, 9. You can vote on just those instead of just one bulk constitution. So it's a way for token holders directly to choose, you know, the constitution that governs the, si- governs the system.
0: I actually think we'll have an episode. We, we talked about last week we released two episodes. We had an interview with Lumios, and then we did our usual episode like this one. Um, this week we're only going to do this one episode, but um, hopefully next weekend we'll have, we'll have a double episode for you. And I have some guests lined up that will actually be able to talk in, in great detail about this. And yeah. it's going to be really interesting. They're, they're working on a lot of governance issues. They're actually other block producers. Yeah. I won't give away names until we we uh, lock down a date. Um, ES Canada in New York. <coughs> <laughs> um, Both good good candidates. Yeah, but w- I, I told them I want to talk about the the worker proposal system and on um, some of the governance issues going on. And I know Josh from ES Canada, he mentioned... Uh, the referendum was going to be passed soon definitely so that's going to be really cool to talk about and they're the experts on that it's not me
1: yeah, Moving on to point five, um, it says in addition to point four, we see a grand total of 100 plus airdrops to EOS holders and a thousand or more active teams working on various DAP projects globally. And then in addition to that, the first ecosystem or public blockchain of choice would now be EOS instead of Ethereum. This I think is totally reasonable. We already have more than a dozen airdrops now, I think a month and a half, almost two months after launch. So this is something I think is kind of a no brainer and will, will definitely happen over the course of the next year. The number six. I like this one.
0: I don't know if this is going to happen in the next <laughs> year, but it says Vitalik Buterin joins Block One as an advisor to help scale blockchain further and will help on a few key DAP projects Block One is working on. Now, I would love for this to happen because yeah. I think that the mega powers need to unite at some point. <laughs> I think Vitalik Dan, if, if Dan and Vitalik need yeah. to work together, um, but it's going to take. I think a mass failure on Ethereum for that to happen. I I think Vitalik's pretty committed to the project. I I think he feels a social
1: responsibility to it because he knows if he steps away that it's 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 over. crash. Yeah, I mean, Vitalik, if you guys don't know, is the the founder of Ethereum much the same way that Dan is sort of the founder of EOS. So maybe they'll get together. I I assume that this point six comes from the tweets from Dan saying, you know, would love to have Vitalik come work on our projects. Yeah, he's got a job for him. And then Vitalik even helped out um, working out some some critical bugs in the EOS code like a week before it launched. So he was a tremendous I, help I there. I guess the
0: prediction is that he comes on as an advisor. Right. So he, he could actually work on both projects. Right. It wouldn't be unheard of.
1: I feel like that would be the writing on the wall at that point. Yeah. We'll see.
0: We'll see. I would love for it to happen. So number seven, EOS becomes the trading pair of choice and a landing currency across exchanges given its advantage. It will be listed in all major exchanges, wallets, with a fiat conduit, such as Coinbase. Now, I, I think this is obvious. Yeah. Um, Bitfinex, they only added one airdrop token for trading. It's the IQ token, and its main trading pair is EOS. Yeah. And um, earlier last year is whenever the Ethereum trading pairs came out. As soon as Ethereum's market cap grew to a, a high enough price point that it had, and it had enough liquidity, there are ETH pairs for everything, yep. and especially because there's a lot of Ethereum tokens launched out of ICOs in the same way that there's going to be
1: a lot of airdrop tokens launched out of EOS. Well, and I think this makes a lot of sense if you do it in reverse also. The first being it will be listed in all major exchanges or wallets with a fiat conduit like Coinbase. So those fiat on-ramps from dollars into you know crypto, and then EOS becomes the trading pair of choice. And I think the reason why is right now people are using Bitcoin and Ethereum as an on-ramp. So you go into Coinbase, you transfer you know, five or 10 grand into your Coinbase account, you buy Ethereum, you transfer that Ethereum to an exchange to buy your altcoins. But the reason why people are choosing Ethereum over Bitcoin now is because it's simply faster. You can make that transfer from Coinbase to the other exchange in 10 minutes instead of an hour, like you can on Bitcoin, waiting for the confirmations. But on EOS, you can do that in a couple seconds and it can be confirmed already irreversible. So when that's the option of choice, I think people are going to use EOS as that on ramp, transfer it over, buy altcoins. Maybe it's EOS, EOS tokens, maybe it's something else. But I, I tweeted out recently, at Finchify on Twitter if you want to follow me, um, I had to use Ethereum the other day for the first time since <laughs> EOS really launched, and it was a horrible experience. Just to do a token swap from Ethereum over to EOS, trying to send that one transaction was a nightmare. I had to resend it twice, increase my gas limit, ended up paying like 5 or $6 in fees for my three failed transactions. Horrible, horrible user experience and after using EOS and sending a transaction and seeing it confirm before I can even click on the link to view my transaction on the Block Explorer is a crazy, crazy difference of user experience that I just I can't go back to the old version. I can't go back to Ethereum.
0: I I have so little interest in Ethereum anymore. I actually uh, uninstalled Metamask like a month or two ago (laughs) because I, I don't know at what point I did a Chrome upgrade or whatever, but I, I, I clicked on the little MetaMask icon and my account wasn't even on there. And I didn't feel like finding
1: my recovery seed to oh, put it yeah. back on. So I was like, I don't even need this. Let's I think I have like, I don't know, 40 or $50 in shit coins on one of my Ethereum accounts. And I was doing the math. In order for me to transfer these four different coins out, it's going to cost me like $10 in transaction fees. Plus I'm going to have to wait for all these things to confirm, hope they confirm, get them to the exchange, withdraw it. It's just not worth it even to go in and get the the eventually $20 out of that. Mm-hmm. That, that would take so long to do. So The fact of the matter is, I, I think this is
0: happening uh, as far as the trading
1: pairs. Yeah. If you look back at our, our episode last week, if you listened to that, where we were talking about um, the recent Circle and Poloniex announcement, and I posted an interesting video on the Cypherglass YouTube channel about this as well, called What You Don't Know About the EOS Poloniex or Circle Listing, where they basically passed Circle owned by Goldman Sachs in the U.S., they passed their U.S. regulatory framework, which basically means that EOS is now safe to trade, assuming it also passes Coinbase's framework, which is almost identical, would be safe to trade on Coinbase for a USD pair. So it makes sense, and I think all of the, the sort of groundwork is there for something like that to happen. You want, to, you want to do the next one? Yeah, I'll do the next one. Point eight relates to block producers like Cypherglass. It says major IDCs announced their candidacy as block producers and will win a few spots. We may only see three to four of the current block producers still in the top 21, and at least one of them will be Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, who've basically pulled their support for BPs Uh, political campaigns heat up and block one begins to place their votes this I think makes sense I mean if you think of EOS as this massive global network if people like Peter Thiel are investing if then eventually Facebook Google Alibaba Amazon all these people are investing in block one they're gonna look at the infrastructure inside and go oh wait we can do that better than these block producers with our existing infrastructure we can turn it on right now and start making this money it's a no-brainer for these companies to do that And I, I also agree with the, the same sentiment that we may only see three to four of current BPs in the top 21 And I think it'll be the best people that engage with the community the most and are kind of those community BPs before these You know global IDC block producers come in.
0: Yeah, and Do, do you know much about the um, thing Microsoft launched recently the um blockchain as a service with Ethereum? Where so it's like a private Ethereum chain for enterprise. It
1: seems very similar to IBM's Hyperledger. Uh, in that you can sort of run your own private Ethereum chain. Say you're running, um, say you ship food for Walmart. I think Walmart was using Hyperledger for a while. You can kind of share that blockchain between, say, four or five different parties that are all involved in the shipment of that food to keep each other in check. So it's not something where you need everybody in the world to be a part of it, just kind of a shared blockchain. The interesting component was that they took out um, mining completely and mm-hmm. I believe have a different way of settling transactions on the chain. But again, just another shared solution, very similar to Hyperledger.
0: To, to me, it mostly looked like an amend-only data. Like, it's a distributed database with amend-only features. So you can't ever delete records. You can only amend the records. Right. But that's, that's essentially what a distributed ledger is. Yeah. Um, but th- obviously, there's no Ethereum involved, no no tokenization of anything. But, right. Um. it's interesting to see the, the big tech players getting involved in blockchain. All right. So number nine. Uh, with the DAP proliferation, official wallet, and significantly reduced resource barrier of entry cost of operation... EOS crosses 10 billion transactions per year on blocktivity and over 400 TPS. Mainstream media takes
1: notice and finally realizes blockchain 3.0 is upon the world. This, I think, makes sense. I mean, if you look at the the last bear market we had it was about 14 months. We're currently in month nine of this bear market. Doesn't mean it's going to last the same amount of time. Could be shorter, could be much longer. But if if you are like me and you think the next bull market is going to come in the next year, I think this makes a ton of sense, especially for mainstream media taking notice. You know, oh, look at EOS. It can process this many transactions. You know, last time we, we showed you Ethereum that does 15, EOS is now doing, you know, 3,500. That's that's sort of the max it's hit so far. Um, at that point, with multi-threading, maybe doing 350,000 or 3.5 million. But it makes complete sense that at some point it will have sustained 400 transactions per second because so many people will be using the chain. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's so much availability and so much network throughput compared to the amount of transactions that even though more transactions are taking place on EOS than every other blockchain combined... It's still not even getting anywhere close to that 3,500 transactions per second record that we've hit so far.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the last one is block one ecosystem, which is the EOS token plus all dApps combined exceed Bitcoin by overall market cap. Now, I think that they mean all of the airdrop tokens combined probably right. well, on top of EOS.
1: They're, they're basically saying every, so the, the core EOS token itself plus any other token on EOS. What, and probably, let's even say the
0: forks too. If you combine right. everything... Uh, Bitcoin's going to be a monster this year. I, I don't know if this is possible. Bi- Bitcoin is still going to be king, especially with the ETFs coming up. That I don't know if this one's going to happen. Maybe eventually if, if we're being ultimately bullish, but I,
1: I, I see Bitcoin remaining king for at least the next year. I still think there's a lot of time... I'm going to take the contrary and approach this <laughs> and agree with them. I think there's a lot of time in between the listing on BACT in November to June, the first birthday, for us to hit that new bull market. Maybe it's initiated by BACT in November. Maybe it's not. But then the media starts talking about blockchain 3.0. These things fall into place. All of those people that now have Bitcoin in their hedge funds through BACT are looking for the next big thing, looking to get in on it early before it gets listed on something like BACT. And I think that thing is going to be EO. So I could totally see this happening. Um, I made a, a similar prediction, I guess, during the bull market, last year that in the next three years eos itself just the token would exceed bit- bitcoin by market cap so this is kind of similar um but i think either way it's well, gonna that, that,
0: that prediction a little bit different if you're a thousand dollar eos but actually came to fruition oh, yeah. that'd
1: be a trillion dollar market cap oh absolutely <laughs> trillion dollar eos market cap which i still think is going to happen but i think the crypto market cap itself is going to be multi-trillion as well. I just think EOS is going to take up a huge, huge portion of that. Mm-hmm. Well, we we spent a lot of time on the
0: Capital Leaf cap, or the Maple Leaf Capital tweet there.
1: Yeah, um, if you guys are interested, follow them. It's Maple Leaf Cap on Twitter. They they put out a ton of interesting threads, not just this one thread, but it's usually ten-part tweet threads about really interesting. Uh, sort of aspects of the US ecosystem Whether it's predictions for the future Or you know analysis of existing proposals Or new proposals to add to the chain Great person to follow on Twitter Only about 100 followers So uh, a pretty niche account right now But some really, really great content Coming out of Maple Leaf Cap So I guess we should take some of the uh, time We have left on the podcast To go over some of the airdrops
0: That are coming out soon Yeah Um, Boyd.com they're doing an airdrop on the 15th of
1: August yeah so that's boid.com seems very similar to golem on ethereum which is basically this decentralized global supercomputer you can sort of you know lease out your computers computing power to the network Um, and then other people say like researchers who need a ton of computing power to run some crazy you know cancer cure algorithm Um, they'll go in lease your computing power from you and you'll get paid in the Boyd tokens so the other airdrop that's coming up soon is uh something called awoo a-w-o-o um which actually links to something called wolf social they said that they were going to do their airdrop in july didn't really happen not sure if it's actually going to still happen chains.com that exchange released uh, something eight days ago saying they were going to support it so maybe it's coming maybe it's not um seems like it's probably a shit coin Something that I, I probably mm-hmm. won't be super excited about, but I am excited about Boyd.com just to have that Golem equivalent on EOS. And I think it's something that we're going to see more of in the future where we had all of these projects, all these ICOs launch on Ethereum with these grand promises that just aren't possible to execute on Ethereum. And we're going to see, I think before we see those, those main projects like the Augurs and the Golems move over to EOS, we're going to see competitors pop up on EOS natively that may take a lot of that market share away from the Ethereum versions the I, I don't know about the second one you
0: mentioned but i'm i'm on the boyd website right now and the the one thing i'm seeing that stands out to me is the EOS snapshot date of june 1st yeah i i'm losing respect for them as, as yeah, i absolutely. as i read through their website right now just because of that um, eos new york put out a snapshot tool a, a week or two ago yeah and th- there's at this point there's no reason to be using the genesis snapshot it, it it's totally disincentivizing token holders right now because if I hold EOS today but I didn't maybe I just found if I just found out about EOS last week or maybe even this week and I wanted to buy some $5.50 EOS at this rock bottom price I didn't have it at the Genesis so I would be getting screwed right now from all these airdrops
1: well and right now if you're a developer out there listening maybe you know somebody at Boyd maybe you're in their telegram and you want them to airdrop to an updated snapshot send them a link to EOSsnapshots.io it's a great tool by EOS New York they take literally every single day they take a snapshot of all the eos balances so if you bought more eos yesterday you would get more if somebody does an airdrop today versus the one on june 1st so really every new project that's airdropping especially this far out from june 1st should be airdropping to a new updated snapshot to not only sort of incentivize people to jump into eos but also just to to airdrop to more people who are more active in eos versus the people who may have sold after the genesis drop so getting back
0: into this really low eos price and Crypto as a whole, but we, we just had lunch before we did this podcast and you, you said some interesting things about um, the opportunity right now for, for Dapp developers to, yeah. to get in at like ground level prices pretty much.
1: Well, if you think about, you know, people generally perceive a low price, specifically something that they're holding like, oh, you know, EOS is down 20% yesterday. This is a negative thing. Sure, from a financial you know investor's perspective, that's a negative thing in the very short term. But from a more macro perspective, from this perspective of EOS competing with all of these other platform chains, it can actually be a very, very positive thing. And here's why. From a funding perspective, as, you know, if you're a new platform, you have this new idea for a new blockchain that's going to be faster and better than EOS. You need to go out and raise funding like Block One did when they raised about $4 billion last year. Right now, in a bear market, it's not a market that's very conducive to funding. It's going to be much, much harder for a new platform to come out, raise even close to that amount of money that Block One did to then compete with EOS. But in addition to that, to your point with developers, having a lower token price means a lower RAM price, means lower barrier of entry for developers, for new people just experimenting with the platform. So bear markets are usually really great times for developers to go in and build without the distraction of price and without worrying about, you know, how much their tokens are worth today versus yesterday. So right now, what we're seeing, even though, you know, you may not see it on the surface, are tons of developers going out, buying EOS tokens, playing with RAM, you know, maybe doing a test airdrop here and there, which you can see on some block explorers, which are pretty interesting. Um, But ultimately that barrier to entry to actually build on EOS is much, much lower with a lower token price. So it's a great thing for the overall um, sort of maturation of the ecosystem for the overall uh, build out of the ecosystem, which will eventually have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dApps running on this thing. So ultimately from the macro perspective, even though it can be a little depressing at times to see EOS drop like this, along with the rest of the market, uh, it, it can actually be a very, very good thing not just from a developer perspective but also from that you know platform wars perspective where EOS already raised this money now it's almost impossible for people to raise that money and compete has a much much higher chance of being that leading dapp platform than something new coming along So the last thing we're going to talk about on this week's episode of the podcast is more of a teaser for a future episode. But Dan put out a recent blog post that I think a lot of people read, a lot of people are confused by, called Proposal for EOS Resource Renting and Rent Distribution. And basically what this is is a way for EOS token holders to lease out their EOS to DApp developers that want to utilize the CPU and the bandwidth associated with those tokens. Um, But it does so in a pretty interesting way. It actually introduces two new tokens, one which is REX, one which is SEOS, sort of staked EOS. Um, But rather than trying to dive in and sort of explain this really complex concept to you now, um, we're going to have Leo Ribeiro, who now works at Block 1, used to work with us at Cypherglass. Um, We're going to have him come on the episode in the next couple weeks once he gets settled into his new position there and really dive into this and explain what it is and what it means for you as an EOS token holder. So stay tuned for that in the next couple weeks. Lee Ribeiro, great guy, agreed to come on the podcast and we will probably be on, uh, you know, here and there explaining these new concepts as they get proposed.
0: And the the main gist of what Dan's proposing is he wants um, for developers to have the ability to build on the EOS platform without taking on the risk of the volatility of the EOS token. So it kind of takes that away. And it also is going to incentivize not only for people to hold EOS tokens because they'll be able to rent them out, but it also encourages them to vote. Uh, for block producers because um, there's a mandate to be able to rent out your tokens, you have to vote for at least 21 out of your 30. Yeah. You have to use at least 21 of your 30 block producer votes before you're allowed to rent out these tokens. Yeah,
1: and this combined with what we talked about last week on the podcast where you know all of these EOS fees like the RAM trading fees and things like this being sent to the EOS token holders, that's going to bring a huge amount of people voting that haven't already voted just because they'll have to vote for 21 block producers in order to collect some of those fees so it's going to be interesting to see what happens but again we'll have leo from block one come on and really explain in detail what this means for you as a token holder um so that we don't mess it up
0: Next week, we'll hopefully have two episodes. I have some guests lined up. We're just trying to work out the this, this schedule of, of timing for this. Um, but hopefully next week, we'll have two episodes. like we're, We've been promising you guys we want to do more episodes. We're also um, considering different ways to implement video into this. We've had a lot of requests on YouTube. Um, typically, when we record these podcasts, um, our original intent was we get most of our listens on iTunes, actually, and on SoundCloud. So it's mostly been an audio thing, but uh, recently we've been getting a lot of views on YouTube yep. and having a lot of requests of um, wanting, wanting video. And right now we don't have the video capabilities because we're, we're doing these on set uh, in person. So you, you think of the typical um, web show or vlogs logs uh, for EOS or any other crypto show, it's usually one person on, on like their, their uh, laptop video and then they have the green screen in the background. We're, we're just trying to uh, figure out a, a way that we could present you guys with a visual w- with without it looking weird
1: I guess. Yeah and I think what we're really shooting for we're, we're looking at sort of expanding everything EOS into something much bigger than just this one show. Um, maybe that'll include a new studio where we have multiple camera angles similar to a Joe Rogan podcast. You know we can pull interesting articles and stats and coin market cap and all this stuff up on a screen for you guys to see and maybe even watch along live someday. So we're working on a lot of exciting things for everything EOS in the background so stay tuned for that but uh, for now that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Alright once again I'm Zach Go. I'm Rob Finch. And this is Everything EOS.